¿Qué pasa? Te has quitado mi cuadro y has colgado una tortuga, ¿no? Es que no sabíamos que venías, bolita. ¿Pero cómo que no sabíamos? O sea, ¿solo lo colgas cuando vengo? No, vamos a ver, es que no pega mucho con la decoración de la casa. Y esto pega mogollón, ¿verdad? Mira, voy a por el cuadro, lo cuelgo y ya está. ¡Una mierda! Y se te ocurra colgarlo por pena. Que no es por pena, bolita. ¿Qué pasa? Que te da vergüenza tenerlo ahí colgado, ¿no? No, vergüenza. Pero, pero ¿cómo me va a dar vergüenza? Bueno, pues no te gusta. ¿Te gusta o no te gusta mi cuadro, papá? Mira, lo importante no es que me guste a mí o no me guste a mí. Lo importante es que le guste a la gente. Papá. ¿Qué? Dime la verdad. Mira, yo siempre te dije que tenías que haber estudiado una carrera. Y dale con la carrera. ¡Que Bellas Artes es una carrera! Es una carrera, pero no tiene salidas. La prueba es que no te estás ganando la vida con ello. Yo soy Jenny. And we are back with episode four of Viva Imperfecta, the official podcast for the HBO Max series Perfect Life. This episode is titled Cuando te confiesas con tus padres. And wow, oh, this gave me PTSD. Un poquito. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, in this episode, it's like just a big moment. But I think in real life, this is the, el pan de cada día. This happens every single day that you have this kind of conversations with your parents. Dígame en tu adolescencia. And during your adolescence days, this is this happens so often that you have to have this kind of talks with your parents. And, you know, qué difícil es. Como que tienes que agarrar un valor que quizás no tienes anywhere in your body and try to find the perfect words to deliver a message. And I think in the Latino Hispanic community, this is, it's, I think it's harder. Like parents are really strict and they, they, they know what they want from their kids, right? Yes, they, they have such high expectations um, for yes. us, especially as, you know, if you're the, the first generation, you know, mm -hmm. uh, children of immigrants, como que you feel the expectations that they have on you, you know, the sacrifices that they've made to put you in the position to succeed, and then yep. you feel like you owe it to them to make sure that you're successful, and it's, it's a lot of pressure. I mean, like, you feel guilty, the guilty trips that you get all the time, that you're not, no estás cumpliendo, you're not bringing it to the table, pero bueno, ya iremos profundizando more and more in that matter. For me, the way that this episode started, it was so cool. It was like I wasn't. I felt that I was again in the car with them. They, they yes. Esther, yeah, Esther, Maria, and Gary. They're going to Maria's parents to tell her the big news. And this is usually this is an exciting moment. Just cuando el, el, el embarazo es más planeado. In this case, she knows that what she's getting into because her parents are very Catholic and there's something about that uh, un poquito más profundo dentro del episodio pero I know that she's super nervous and she brought her team with her like, como que tiene su, su equipo de sustento que la van a ayudar a, en todo este proceso and I loved, loved, loved so much this very first scene where uh, Maria is trying to go to the restroom in the middle of nowhere y la hermana is there, of course she's out there like making her laugh and talking with her and you only can go to the bathroom with a person that you tiene de verdad ese nivel de confianza like yeah. i could never go and to number two with somebody out there and talking to me and the way that esther is laughing at her that how come como se te ocurre tomarte un laxante before a road trip like are you stupid ah, no. and also they're showing again this part of the pregnancy that 
yes. people she in real life. Yeah, yeah. So for me, again, once again, total like real realness. That's what I'm getting here. So I really liked it. But the talk that they have walking to the car where Esther le dice a Maria, why you're not with Gary? He's a great guy. And Maria immediately answers her, like reacts because she didn't answer. She reacts saying, ah, no, I don't like him. And Esther she tells her like no it's because his disability but you know and she's like no no i'm not superficial how you felt about this i have my my ya tengo mi conclusión but i want to hear what do you have to think what do you think about this ada yeah i think she you know como que honestly like this scene for me was her really trying to justify like Oh, well, you know, the sister's like, he's a great guy, but she's like, yeah, but like, eh, I don't know about him. But it's also too soon, right? They don't even know each other because in this scene, Tape. you know, when they get into the car, they're getting to know each other more, more intimately. But just based off the small interaction that she's had with him, she's like, yeah, I don't think this is, is, is going to work, right? You know, so hey. it's a little tricky. Como que ella tapa, como she's for him and she supports him as a person, but I don't know if she necessarily sees him in a, in a sexual way long term, even though she had sex with him once. Sí. Well, she uses that as a, como, como una justificación. For me, I, I, o sea, me puse en los zapatos de María and, and it's not fair. It's not fair that Esther is saying this, pero también entiendo yeah. where Esther is coming from. And I think that there's, like, they, las dos tienen razón. Of course, I don't think that María wants to say out loud that she doesn't want to be with an, a person with an intellectual disorder because mm -hmm. she also would feel shallow, que Esther la acusa that she's yeah. being shallow. Pero yes. también creo que when you're, you start in any relationship, in the very beginning, you kind of protect your heart and you don't give yourself yeah. 100% into that relationship. I, y ellos no tienen una relación. They, they start this relationship backwards. They're already pregnant and they don't know each other. Entonces, también creo que es muy unfair que la estén acusando de algo porque ella se está protegiendo en su relación. She doesn't want to get into that. And maybe she really doesn't like him like him. So there you go. Like, creo que las dos tienen razón, pero I, in the end of the day, what I loved about this is that Esther, because she loves Maria, no la está juzgando. Like, maybe she thinks yeah. that Maria is shallow, but it's okay. You are my sister, and I'm going to love you no matter what, and I don't care this about you. Like, I'm going to still support you in whatever it comes. So eso me encantó. Again, an, a perfect example about a beautiful relationship between two siblings, que, que, bueno, es una de las cosas que más me gusta from this series. Este, pero bueno, también en el carro está Gary, que también está pasando por una situación. Gary, Gary, ¿a ti te parece normal desaparecer así y no cogerle el teléfono a tu padre? Gary. Gary. Me ha colgado. ¿Tú me puedes contar a mí qué le he hecho yo para que me trate de esa manera? Hay que ir a buscarle, vamos. ¿A dónde, Tarazona? Yes, yes. And I think, I mean, as viewers, I think, obviamente, you're always going to cheer for the happy ending no matter what. So we don't know what's hey. going to happen in the series, but we love Gotti. We know we're rooting for him. He's our fave. So obviamente, you want to see Gotti happy. And you're like, oh, I, I kind of hope that they work out, even though you don't really see any compatibility yeah. because you just want a happy ending, you know? Sí, pero el papá de Gotti está vuelto loco, trying to call him oh and try God, to contact, contact him. And 
I, 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 al principio, maybe we don't understand like the depth of, of, about this situation, porque al, más adelante lo descubrimos. José no los explica, pero in the very beginning, we, we just think that Gary doesn't want to talk to his dad porque está escapado, you know? He just ran away mm -hmm. with the girls to this road trip and that's it. That's what I get in the very beginning. But then when José yeah. is explaining everything to Gary da Gary's dad, I think that it makes, make, for me, it makes total sense, la, la, la explicación that he gave him. So, no sé, sí, 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 ¿no? His dad que, was being a, a helicopter dad, you know, como que not letting the, the bird fly out of the nest. And it's like, like Jose said, he's grown, God, he's like 32, like. Yeah, and this is a good thing. And it's yes. a good thing that he's trying to do his own life. Este, Jose, what, uh, let's, let's remind everybody what happened with Jose and, and Gary's dad, that Jose told him that, you know, this is, a, a, this is what you wanted. Right now, uh, Gary is trying to do his own thing. He's trying to become his own person, and he's trying to deal with this situation by himself. And you, be, you are a good dad because you gave him all the tools and everything in your, in your power to help him so this is a good thing and you i i love the 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 voice mess, voicemail that um gary heard when he was already at maria's house como que el papá le estaba yo una vez diciendo uh look i love you no matter what uh, i support you like he left like more than 30 messages but the last yeah. one is the one that gary hears and it's such a beautiful story about a supportive dad that it's really proud and of course he gets scared y se pone nervioso pero está dejando el, el como es a que vuele el pájaro del, del nido no he, yeah. gary yeah. finally is leaving the nest so i think this is well for me it was like a beautiful plot inside the episode that I love. O sea, yeah. se ve como un crecimiento y, y como el, el amor verdadero por parte del papá. No, claro, because al final, this is Gary being, Gary being independent is a manifestation of all the love and care that was poured into him, right? So that he can get to this point sí. in his life. And I thought that was beautiful. But I really love this little road trip and, and that scene of them getting to know each other in a more intimate way. It almost felt like they were all kind of like dating each other, right? Because it's like what happens when you get to know somebody first and you want to know everything about them. And they're sí. all doing it with each other. And I love that Estate is being herself, asking him, all of these um, questions that she's naturally <laughs> curious about. And Maria almost being like annoyed, like you're crossing boundaries. You're asking him too many personal things. And I love that Gary was having fun with her and letting loose yeah. and they were making fun of her. Like I, I really enjoyed that scene. Sí, totalmente. And in this, in this episode, we haven't touched the, the, the subject, about the topic about Esther being gay in the entire series. And I think that usually in series, we're more... I don't know, siempre se ve muchísimo más gay guys, and this being Esther, that she's super funny, I love her no matter what, pero también tan real y que todas las noches está con alguien nuevo, pero I think that deep down in this episode, I definitely see that she really wants to settle, like she really wants to be in a good relationship, she wants to do well in, professionally, but not because society is telling her to do so, but mainly because she just feels it in her guts. And I think that 
eh, todo esto se detonó a raíz de la conversación que tuvo con el papá, porque bueno, cuando they arrive to their parents' house, she finds out that her dad removed the paint, the painting from the wall, a painting that Esther había hecho con mucho cariño for them. Y they have this conversation que ella totalmente siente el, la desaprobación de sus padres. And that hurts, man. Like, we, the, the, you, you want, we always say that we just want to be loved y que no te quieran tus papás o no sentir ese amor incondicional, así sea for just one second, it hurts. Yes, and again, she's an artist. She's very sensitive about her things anyways. And coño, like she's, it seems like her whole life she's just been trying to get approval of, sí. of from her parents, from her dad and what success looks like. And, and especially having a sister like Maria, que is so like, you know, and I'm sure she's like, what the fuck? Like the least you could do is have my painting up in eso tú puedes hacer, you know, that's really sí. discouraging. No, y le dijo unas cosas muy fuertes. He told her like, when you're gonna grow up, we're still, you know, helping you with money, and this pain, you know, it doesn't go with uh, with the rest of the paintings. And yeah, we were proud about your work 15 years ago, but now like you're not doing pretty much anything. And that's also another reality check. I think in every single episode we're seeing que se está enfrentando a estas eh, situaciones, but I think that this is el punto de no retorno in her story, como que yeah. she starts talking, calling her friends and trying to meet them, her childhood friends, and they already have like this life that she's not there yet, and I think that she feels uncomfortable, and that's when she start, starts trying to find somebody for the night to maybe feel yeah. the la carencia de amor that she's receiving from home. Uh -huh. I, I, see, no? Yeah, for sure. You see her, you know, hitting, going to the apps right away, finding almost like a fix. Like she needs to get a fix for like this hurt that she's sí. feeling, right? Instead of just acknowledging her feelings. And she finds this girl to hook up with. And in that scene, we find out that the girl is una menor. And, sí, um, man. You know. <laughs> so cringy. Yes. It felt so uncomfortable, but yes. It's como una actitud super autodestructiva. Like, she, yes. she, I think that it's, it's como una pelea inside of her about trying to move on and be a better person and become her best, you know, lo mejor que ella puede ser. Pero también, a propósito, she gets into the situations that no pareciera that, that she really wants to. She's self-sabotaging, está autodestruyéndose, ¿no? Entonces, sí, no sé, como que lo ves con los ojos cerrados, así como tapándote la cara, porque you know that she's doing something wrong, and she knew, porque se lo dijo. Dude, we shouldn't be together. You're, you're a minor. No, but that's okay, bla, bla, bla. And okay, and that's it. You know that that's not a normal, and y, y una una reacción saludable into that situation. Entonces, bueno, no yes. sé, me duele Esther. <laughs> ¿Qué más da? 2417. Es ilegal. No es ilegal. Ay, 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 no es ilegal, ay, no es ilegal. 
No claro. And this, this episode has a lot to unpack here. And I'm really excited to dig deep because I love, like, I'm very deep, right? I love to dig deep and, and really chat about all of the themes in this episode with our special guest today. Oh, yes. Bueno, es una sorpresa. And we're super excited, imperfectos, porque, como dijo Ada, we have a special guest that is going to help us to understand the layers. Like Shrek said, Shrek, remember Shrek said uh, we are onions, that we have different yes. layers? Well, I think that there's also, this is a, a thing that is happening also with our characters. And in this episode, we, we want to go deeper about their situation and, and everything that Podemos aquí excavar. And today, Adriana Alejandre, she is going to join us for, for this conversation. She is a licensed therapist in California. And maybe you heard her in the podcast uh, Latinx Therapy. She's not only the founder, but she's also the host. Adriana, thank you so much for being here. Welcome to our Vidas Imperfectas. We assume, we already know that our, our lives are imperfectas. Gracias a ti. Thank you so much for being thank here. Thank you. Thank you. I'm excited. Yeah, I enjoyed the series. Te gustó. You love the characters as much as we do. Yeah, as a therapist, there was a lot. <laughs> many, many. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, we want to start with you talking about Esther, like this uh, this situation with her dad, uh, with that the guy is not hanging the, the, the paint in, in the wall, and no sé, como sintiendo este rechazo y quizás esta carencia de cariño. Until when, Adri, we're going to feel the need of this approval from our parents. Es para siempre. Are we gonna ever get over this situation? Like, we want them to love us no matter what, and if we don't feel it, es como un rechazo gigante. I am so sorry to say, but yes, it is uh, very much <laughs> forever. Now, it does depend on our <laughs> attachment style, you know, with our parents, and that can evolve and change from the moment of infancy to adulthood. Um, and I think that the different experiences that we have with our parents influences that attachment style to change and mold into something else. But I think the overall goal is for us to feel attached and connected to ourselves. And because sometimes we build this codependency, mm. right? As if we're filling this emotional void through other people's opinions. And that's what, what ends up, what ended up happening in this episode here, where we see that codependency of like, um, she depends on her self-worth uh, based off of her father's opinions, right? But If she had, you know, if, if she was comfortable and confident with her art and herself and her trajectory in life, I don't think that, she, that what her father did with those paintings would have impacted her as much. There is, of course, that sting of like, Ugh, like, I wish, I wish that you were proud. I wish that you didn't judge me. But that comes from that judgment piece. Um, very different than that attachment piece. And how can we work in ourselves in el sentido de when, for example, a situation like this happen, ¿cómo podemos nosotros trabajar en nosotros mismos so we are prepared and we feel comfor comfortable with whatever we're doing? O sea, ¿qué herramientas tú sugieres o how can we work in ourselves so if something like this happen, we don't react at, at, como lo hizo Esther? 
it's definitely a process and a journey, a lot of trial and error. Um, so I think that one, it's a somatic body-based experience that you have to become aware of what is it uh, what what is bothering you and where is that experience living in your body and helping yourself internally versus going externally versus reacting right so we need a lot of awareness self-attunement of the situations that trigger us so that's one um, and again this is this is kind of lifelong because our triggers change as we mature as we get older right and then two is really using communication skills. Once you know like that that bothered you, and if you have a relationship with with this person, like in this case, it was a daughter to father relationship, communicate that need. But I think that a lot of times, especially in our culture, we um, hold resentment because it's an accumulation of bothers some things. We don't communicate about these things and we just store them and store them and store them in our body until we explode. Right. And so I think in Nos Falta Eso, just communicating using maybe even assertive communication of just um, uh, not holding back in terms of uh, just what is it that that bothers you about this and maybe even creating a, a collaborative solution. But this work also takes um, into mind that we have to tame our ego as well. Um, and balance that out because Ooh. sometimes we 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 learn the ego can can be a learned behavior from our upbringing and and those that raised us and so we have to recognize that as a part of us and not reject it or let it roar and dominate the space and how you dominate your your ego in that moment like como en ese momento imagine that I'm in this ter ter situa situation and I'm fighting with my dad whatever. And in that moment, I'm like, okay, I'm reacting because my ego got hurt and I don't want to say anything. What should I do in that moment to shift my feelings or to shift <laughs> la conversación or at least para get a, a little bit of time so me tranquilizo, you know? Como, como en ese momento, ¿qué es lo más correcto que hacer en el momento en que uno descubre que el ego is the guilty person, the guilty thing inside this situation. Yes, yes, it's the wounded part. So in esa situación, I think walking away um, so that you can self-regulate is very, very important. Self-regulation can come by changing your visual stimuli, body movement. And I'm not saying exercise. I'm just saying literally move your body. But sometimes when we're so upset, we're arguing with someone in the same position. Only our hands are moving or our heads are moving, right? And we really got to um, diffuse all of that energy. So taking a walk. And if you have too much, hey, maybe jumping if you're physically capable. Um, so, so body movement is very, very powerful and we take it for granted a lot of times. Uh, but along with self-regulation, it's, it's part of that breath work, trying to practice how to belly breathe. Don't breathe with your chest because that only promotes anxiety. Uh, but learning how to control mm. and help your body to ex inhale from the bottom of your belly and exhale it out from your mouth um, and going slower and slower each time. And then afterwards, when you feel like, okay, I am not shaking in anger, I feel a little calmer, my head is clear, making that assessment, do I need space from this person right now? Or should I go back and communicate with them? Right. And don't let the ego lead in that decision, because sometimes the ego will say, you need to have the last word, make your point, right? 
But sometimes yeah. what we really need um, is that space and distance to re-nurture ourselves because they're not going to do it for us. We feel like our mood is going to change depending on that other person's reaction. Then you need space. Wow, okay. that was so Yeah, I, I always need space. Yeah, it was very good. I, I need to make a list. Uh, yeah. So every time I'm going to, I'm in kind of a situation, I'm like, wait a second. I, Adriana told me what to do. Okay, yes. start breathing, you know, with my lid. I'm going to get a tattoo in my hand or something like that so I can remember all this because it's great. And usually with these situations, people just tell you, okay, no le, haga, no le, pare, no le prestes atención a tu ego. But, you know, at least Adriana gave us some tools. And, and yeah, thank you, Adriana. Thank yes, you for that. I feel like I'm in a therapy session right now. So good. So in this episode, um, Adriana, we see Gaddy's father really having a hard time with him really gaining his independence and kind of taking control over his life. And I think this is a theme that comes up for a lot of us with our parents because a little times they can be overbearing, right? And a little bit controlling. So how do we set boundaries with our parents without hurting them in the process? That is an excellent question. I think that, um, you know, setting boundaries is also another skill set that we need to learn. And so I'm going to teach you all a basic sentence that hopefully one day you'll mold into your personality. But the sentence is uh, using the technique of I statements. So starting the sentences with I instead of you, like you call me too much. You don't leave me alone. Right. Because whenever psychologically, whenever someone hears you, uh, that's they're going to start getting defensive because that's like you pointing your index finger at them. Mm -hmm. It's like you're lecturing them. Attacking. Exactly. And people don't yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. So they react instead, instead of listen. So psychologically, mm -hmm. change that the I statements helps. So the template is I feel blank. And you're going to fill that in with a feeling word, an emotion word. Okay. I feel blank when you're going to be specific about the situation blank. Okay. So it's, I feel okay. emotion when blank situation, what I need is blank your need. Okay. So in this case, it's simple, mm -hmm. assertive communication that helps you to begin to start that dialogue of what you need. And um, I really encourage, especially folks in the Latinx community because, or in, in the Latino Hispanic community, because we're very much um, kind of enmeshed and very collectivistic, right? We, mm -hmm. we don't want to hurt anyone else's. So really, uh, this is a, a conversation to collaborate on. Okay, this is why I need boundaries. Boundaries also, when you're setting them with a parent, you have to be a little bit patient with the older generation because they're going, they don't understand boundaries. They didn't grow up with, with these boundaries that are very much more Americanized. Uh, and so it's going to be a lot more difficult for them to understand the need for your boundary. So don't be surprised if you need to set it a couple times, repeat yourselves in, in different situations, but do your best to help your parent understand that boundary and why it's important. Wow. And what about if you're, parents they don't get it like maybe you are super clear about this boundary at least Gaddy, he was trying maybe he wasn't being very talkative but he was just hanging off the telephone like understand that i don't want you to be part of this y el papá seguía insistiendo so como si hay un papá o algún amigo or somebody that is not understanding this boundary what would be the healthiest 
thing for a person, at least in this in this occasion, for Gary to do like apartarse or try to not involve this person anymore in this in, in at least in this matter. Que sé yo, no, no, eh, lo de Gary es ya igualito están alejados. Pero if your parents at least they are not understanding what you're trying to do, y continúan y continúan, porque también we have a lot of cabezaduras in, in our culture, so los papás al final también muchas veces quieren hacer lo que ellos creen que es mejor para ti. So in this situation, what would be like, mira, no funcionó, what's the next step? Look, this takes years long of work in our community, to be honest. So okay. know that it takes a couple of years. For myself <laughs> and my mom, I think it took us a good four years. And it's still an evolving thing. Um, so I think in, in with your question, um, emotionally distancing yourself, at least. So that, I mean, if you want to make the choice of physically distancing yourself, that's another intervention, of course, that you can try. But with each thing that you try, it needs to... Um, you need to be consistent with it. You can't just try it once and drop it. You need to try it for a couple months to see if it's actually going to change behaviors. And you also have to hold yourself accountable and not go back on the boundary uh, because then otherwise you're starting from scratch. So um, uh, what I mean by emotionally distancing yourself as well, I talked about that with my clients a lot because oftentimes they live with their parents that are not going to change. And so that makes it very difficult, right, to have any boundary respected or they get made fun of even by their parents because they're trying. They're like, who do you think you are? Right. And so I get that. So mm -hmm. at that point, it's a matter of building um, kind of like a, a bubble around you. And you visualize their words, but you don't let them enter your space. And you work really, really, really hard on self-regulating yourself. And again, not allowing your parent to control your emotions and seeing that your parent maybe, again, just doesn't have the skill sets and maybe has unaddressed trauma that leads them to this codependency and need to come after you, you know, and to control you. This is all about perceived control. And so if you can control yourself mm -hmm. and distance yourself emotionally from their reactions, then you're going to win in terms of like, feel better. Listen, I hope Whoa. you guys are listening okay. to this. This <laughs> stuff will change your life impact. I mean, this is like generational stuff being broken and you really, you yeah. know, furthering. Oh, thank you. This is so good. Okay. And last but not least, you know, we see Esther go mm -hmm. on this date. She has sex going on menor, as we, as Dominicans say. And, you know, I feel like for a lot of us, because I know I've personally done this to myself, we self-sabotage knowing the potential consequences of our actions. Can you share with us some tips, um, you know, some pointers, a template, so that we can realize when we are engaging in self-sabotaging behavior and how we can overcome that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I just want to acknowledge Esther, like, oh, Esther. Oh, no. <laughs> like, this one happened. <laughs> Impulsivity brings self-sabotaging behaviors. Oh, no. So she was reacting again. <laughs> like, you see the cycle from codependency because father, you know, um, triggered her and she needed at that outlet. Right. Um, then she went on and, and was very impulsive and made a mistake. Uh, so I think for all of us, self-sabotaging is very common. Why? Because it's such a quick fix or so we think it's a quick fix, but it's not. It's It actually has long lasting effects that bring more consequences. So it, it actually is um, the opposite of what we're seeking. And I don't necessarily have like a template, but I think just like a, a checklist, perhaps, 
of things that you can do to stay in line to make sure that you're not in self or about to self-sabotage. And one of the things that I really recommend is to I'll do, do this body scan exercise, like just check in with yourself and ask in, in the morning and or at night, just where are the experiences that I just went through? Where are they living in my body? And wherever there's stress, tension or anxiety, massage that area, um, you know, work with your crystals or, you know, talk to someone about what you're experiencing or talk to the person that impacted that area, because we really need to externalize our thoughts and our feelings or else our bodies are going to, you know, uh, get affected by this if we don't externalize it or we're going to end up getting sick because that's what the body does. And um, to reduce some some more self-sabotaging behaviors, it's about tuning into yourself and those needs. Like, what was the need that I was going after and that didn't work out for me? And, you know, you can even do a pros and cons list to create a barrier between you and that self-sabotaging behavior. Um, so I re- recommend creating these buffers. Like, what will distance you from that potential um, consequence, right? From that self-sabotaging behavior is that calling a friend that's healthy for you and that that will support you? Is it calling your therapist, setting up an appointment maybe? Uh, or is it communicating, you know, talking to someone? For some of my clients, it's, it's journaling and that will get them in the mindset of um, clarity right, to bring more space, but you you never ever want to react from a place of impulsivity. And some of my folks also um, say like, okay, I'm gonna sleep on this for a good 24 hours, and then I'll make the decision then. So again, it's really about creating that buffer space and talking with someone else about this potential decision that you're about to make. Wow, I see. we Thank need you. another perspective. Yes. We, we always need perspective. Thank you so much for this. This was, I've been in therapy on and off for the last eight years, and, and this was so incredible. Thank you so much for your time. And, and I really enjoyed, you know, going into the themes of this and getting feedback from your professional point of view on this. Absolutely. Muchísimas gracias, Adri. Y hay que hacer mucho introspección, guys. Like, we have to sit down and see what we want, how we're, how, cómo nos sentimos, and how we're feeling about this person, this situation. Mucha tarea. Nos, nos dejó mucha tarea. Eh, esperamos que hayan, you know, take notes about everything that Adri just said. And bueno, ya se nos acabó el tiempo, Adri. Once again, gracias. And thank you to you guys, Imperfectos, for being here once again in our amazing podcast about this wonderful series. We love it, we love talking about this, this amazing story y, y bueno, gracias por ustedes formar parte de esto, make sure to come back for much more and of course to watch Vida Perfecta on HBO Max besitos right. bye, bye.